This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, November 26, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. During the financial crisis a decade ago, one name kept popping up, Badgett. He's known for Badgett's rule that prescribed how central banks ought to respond to certain crises. But there's more to Walter Badgett than that. James Grant is author of Badgett, The Life and Times of the Greatest Victorian. For those who are lucky enough to have studied macroeconomics in any level of detail, uh, one name comes up when it comes to how central banks ought to operate uh, more than others, and that is Badgett. And he comes up as uh, having either coined, he didn't certainly didn't create the practice, but he certainly coined the uh, idea of uh, central banks should be, uh, as it's been shortened, be lenders of last resort. They should provide uh, capital as it's needed at high rates of interest to uh, certain borrowers uh, at, with good collateral. And all of those parts are are very important. So how has uh, Badgett's rule performed, or has it really been given a chance to perform in this modern era? Uh, Walter Badgett, to give the man his, his full due, Walter Badgett prescribed exactly, Caleb, what you said he did. In a crisis, a central bank ought to lend uh, freely uh, to anyone with good collateral, solve it to anyone, and at a high rate of interest. That has been shortened over the course of decades to uh, Lend like crazy at a low rate of interest. That is the modern variant on the Badgett doctrine. Uh, it's it's impossible really to get a full uh, fully understand what Badgett was driving at, unless you recall that he was operating in uh, the time of the gold standard, the classical gold standard. Uh, so you lend at a high rate of interest because uh, uh, you wanted to uh, conserve uh, money. It couldn't just be printed or materialized on a computer screen. You had to, you had to treat it as if it were precious, which indeed, literally, it was to a degree. It still is, but uh, you couldn't, you couldn't duplicate it as easily as you can today by tapping on a keypad. So you lent at a high rate of interest to ration scarce money. Nowadays, money not being scarce, but rather easily uh, created, uh, you can keep lending until someone says stop. That's someone generally being the market. So you say money can easily be created. Oh, yes. But, of course, Badgett's view was that, well, that's not money. No, Badgett believed that uh, gold and silver alone were money. Uh, uh, the paper in your wallet is a, is a note. It's a, In fact, it says it to this day. It's a Federal Reserve note. A note is a debt obligation. It's a promise to pay. It's an IOU. And uh, Badgett was keen on the distinction between that IOU on the one hand and the underlying thing itself, gold and silver, on the other. So you note in your book that uh, Badgett himself made no significant uh, uh, original contribution to the field of economics, but uh, despite that, his influence was enormous. Can you uh, oh, yes. discuss why, why that was? Well, uh, he was a fabulous writer, and uh, it was one thing for uh, someone to say uh, in the context of a dull treatise on banking that uh, the central bank ought to intervene at a time of crisis, blah, blah, blah. It's quite another for that same thought to be elucidated in the sparkling pages of uh, Lombard Street, which was Badgett's magnum opus on central banking. So 
I guess a little like Keynes. I I, I don't know that Badgett, were he alive to uh, savor the comparison, would have appreciated it. But uh, Keynes' uh, influence owes, in, I think, good part to the quality of his prose. Certainly, Badgett's influence is grounded to uh, a great degree on how well he wrote. So uh, he was editor of The Economist. Yes. Uh, and uh, to this day, of course, uh, most things in The Economist are not signed. But uh, you say that it's pretty easy to tell uh, when he was the one writing. Oh, yes. It, what, what, were the, what were the general subjects that he dealt with at The Economist? Uh, he dealt with uh, his, his, his main beat was uh, what was then called the money market, which encompassed uh, bonds, uh, short dated interest rates, uh, uh, basically all monetary and fixed income topics. That was the money market. Uh, Badgett wasn't uh, uh, much on uh, what we now see so much of in financial periodicals, namely, uh, you know, 10 mutual funds to buy now or. Uh, a stock for retirement. He, he didn't deal with investments much himself, but he dealt with politics. He dealt with um, geopolitical things, uh, foreign affairs, and uh, grand monetary and banking topics. You note in here, and this is just sort of in passing, that uh, at one point, Herbert Spencer worked for The Economist as well. Yes. I'm t totally unaware of that. Uh, yeah. What was his role? Uh, I mean, is is there anything clear. much beyond that? No, I think his the main claim to fame is he worked there. He was, uh, uh, I think, it was an editorial assistant. I'm not sure how much of this stuff got in under under his own pen. Uh, the Economist was a tiny operation um, uh, at the time of Badgett's death, and for many years beyond it, the circulation was scarcely, or not even, four thousand. It was a very small world for. Uh, the, the city of London was a very small world, and uh, Badgett wrote for a world just as small when he was writing in the highbrow quarterlies of the day on literary and political topics. Um, so highly uh, literate and intelligent and discerning readership, but it was not a mass audience. He is not remembered for uh, much beyond Badgett's rule uh today. Is that well, fair? the book's been out since July, actually. Um, so he's now recalled for many, <laughs> many things. I stand corrected. Um, so, right. Well, you know, if, if you were a watcher of the Netflix series, The Crown, you would associate Badgett with uh, another one of his widely quoted works called The English Constitution, in which he uh, described the uh, the English political system as it really operated. He was a great one for description. Lombard Street was a description of the way the city of London actually worked. And uh, in Badgett's opinion, and I think in the opinion of many others, uh, the English constitution was similarly a description of a living system of, in that, case, in, in that case, politics. What were the biggest disagreements that he had with his contemporaries uh, and in those arguments to the extent that those arguments are, are still relevant today? Oh, arguments are entirely relevant. I mean, uh, these uh, topics never seem to go away. The, the great topic was whether the established order, that is the government or the government's agents, had a special obligation to people who presented themselves in need at a time of financial crisis. Uh, should the central bank minister, uh, in many cases, to the very people who caused that crisis, that is to say the bankers. And in Badgett's time, 
Uh, it was a very lively topic of controversy. Um, Badgett held that uh, the central bank did, in fact, owe a duty to uh, private bankers. It owed a duty to these people with money who got overextended, uh, seemed pretty regularly every 10 years. And when they came uh, for assistance, they ought to be accommodated because uh, to, to to turn your back on them, the central bank turns back on these people, it would, it would uh, uh, serve no purpose except to deepen uh, an already worrying panic. That was Badgett's point of view. Uh, on the other side was a fellow named Thompson Hankey, who was uh, kind of Badgett's doppelganger in some ways. He, he wrote about the same things as Badgett did, but he wrote about them in a kind of a sensible shoes fashion. There was nothing scintillating about his prose as what it was about Badgett's. Thompson Hankey was a member of parliament and a, uh, came from a banking family himself. And what Hankey believed was that if you offered private individuals access to the central bank's accommodation, they would take risks with the knowledge that come the time of trouble, they would find a rescuer. And that that very knowledge uh, would serve to increase risk throughout the financial system and to make it uh, more prone to panic. And this very discussion has been conducted over the decades since then in different terms, to be sure. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we saw it as recently as, uh, I don't know, does anyone remember 2008? Very Something about year. that, yeah. yeah. And um, the Treasury calls uh, uh, eight or 10 leading New York City bankers down in Washington and say, yeah. Uh, uh, please accept these tens of billions, in some cases of dollars, uh, from us as a loan, uh, 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 because uh, if you decline, uh, there'll be bigger trouble. And by the way, uh, don't forget to sign the dotted line because we regulate you too. So uh, the discussion, the controversy, the argument between Badgett and Thompson Hankey uh, has reverberated down through the decades. Yeah, and that... Uh... When you talk about uh, the lender of last resort, that 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 shorthand version of of uh, a Badgett's rule of uh, you know lending uh, freely at high rates of interest, but although you say the high rates of interest has been sort of conveniently left out, I would argue that the good collateral was also left out, at least with respect to uh, two thousand eight. Yes, well. Uh, one has to be a little bit careful there because as early as, 2000, as 1825, the Bank of England uh, trying, uh, this is Badgett was, uh, let's see, he was at the time, he was, he, was, he was minus six weeks old at the height of the uh, banking panic of 1825. He was born in early 19, 1826. So before Badgett's birth, the Bank of England um, had to deal with a truly frightening panic that was engulfing the city of London. So what does it do? Well, not only did it lend against the collateral, uh, good banking collateral, but also it lent against uh, uh, merchandise, actual things. Um, and it did so because it was scared to death that if it didn't, uh, the panic would consume not only the private bankers, the city of London, but also the pound sterling and itself. So uh, one of the things I learned in writing this book is that if you're looking for monetary purity, at least you have to start before 1825. <laughs> I think that uh, uh, the banking business is just as perfectly doctrinally pure.
secure as are most of us individuals. That's to say, it's uh, not entirely, not entirely pure. What did you enjoy most uh, in your uh, studies of Walter Badgett? And you know, you you say you come at this with a libertarian's biases. Uh, what were some of the things that troubled you? Well, you know, when you when you, when you take a biographical subject into your life, it's like bringing a. Uh, I don't know, your brother-in-law home. He hasn't gotten a job and he's staying in your house and he doesn't go out on the weekends because he hasn't got any money. He's there. Uh, similar to the biographical subject, you're, that person is figuratively speaking on hand at all times and the more so as the deadline creeps up on the biographer. So you come into intimate contact with this person and sometimes you are happy for it and sometimes you rather regret it. Now, in the case of Badgett, uh, he was uh, a bit of a snob uh, given to condescension, uh, given, uh, let's see, well, let's see, he didn't care for women much, and misogyny was on the weak points. Um, uh, but on the positive side, uh, it was a thrill to read his stuff. He was a magnificent writer. And, uh, and then, too, he kept scintillating company. So the era, the age, was itself a delight. And I'm thinking now of uh, the people that uh, uh, he worked uh, among and or knew or wrote about. And one of them was a magnificently named character named Isambard Kingdom Brunel, who was the uh, engineer par excellence of the mid-Victorian era. He uh, designed Paddington Station. He built bridges and uh, railroad trestles and, uh, and a big ship. Um, and he was the kind of the to me it was a kind of the personification of the of the brilliant eighteen uh, fifties of a very very prosperous for England and um, and very optimistic. So he he kind of personified that. And the, as the egghead John Stuart Mill, he was fun to be around and all, of course scintillating. It was William E. Gladstone, the a magnificent uh, long serving uh, Prime Minister and Chancellor of the Exchequer and a very witty. And a powerful fellow named Benjamin Disraeli, also a novelist. All, all, all Badgett's circle, people that uh, uh, that surrounded him and about whom he wrote, these were a great company. Uh, there's a, a a politician named Lord Liverpool. Um, Robert Banks Jenkinson was his name before he was elevated. And uh, and Caleb, listen to this. This, this is uh, um, a wonderful summation of uh, what happens when you have a paper money system and when you overdo it. All right, quote, the tendency of an inconvertible paper money is to uh, uh, create fictitious wealth bubbles, which by their bursting produce inconvenience. Isn't that wonderful? Produce inconvenience. Yeah, you could say that about Lord A bit Liverpool. understated. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's, uh, that's what they do in England. But I thought that was charming. There was a guy named John Lubbock, who was uh, uh, kind of the figurehead of the great age of English amateurism. And cricket and politics, all these MPs were unpaid. Um, the members of the governing board of the Bank of England were themselves amateur. They weren't bankers. So uh, John Lubbock was a banker. He was a naturalist. He was the author of a, a bill to create uh, the first... A uh, secular holiday in British history, the first secular holiday, a bank holiday. Everything else had been a Christian holiday. And the grateful workers call that holiday St. Lubbock's Day. 
So he was terrific too. So I, I miss the company. I don't miss Badgett so much. I'm kind of glad he died young, to tell you the truth. He died at 52 and uh, I, 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 a little bit, uh, I had just about enough of Walter Badgett, but uh, I do admire him for many things and I do relish his company, uh, the company that he kept especially. James Grant is author of Badgett, The Life and Times of the Greatest Victorian. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.